morning again. A Swiss psychiatrist named Carl Jung said that there are basically two tasks in life. The first task really encompasses what is the first half of your life, um, and not necessarily in chronological order, but um, makes up a good part of your life, and it is to build a strong or proper container. And the second task of life, of the second half of life, has to do with the contents of that container, what that container will be filled with. And the, the proper container brings several questions. What is it that makes me significant? Who am I and how do I support myself? Who will go with me? And it's these questions that we seek to answer as we seek to build a strong container, a strong identity of who we are. And then there is the more prominent or more pressing question, and it has to do with the contents. What am I going to do with this one wild and yet precious life? What are the proper contents of the container that I have built? And the difficulty is that at some point in our life, we make this transition from focusing simply on the container to the contents of the container, what the container was meant to hold. The Bible is filled with stories of people who spent their life focused on the container. There was a man who had two sons, and one son seemed to have it all together and looked like everything was right, and yet there was another son who went and squandered all that he had, and yet at the end of the story, it is the one who wasted everything who was called the beloved of God. There were numerous groups of religious elite and leaders and teachers of the law and Pharisees who looked like they had it all together. And from the outside, you would think, that is what I am supposed to be. That is who I am supposed to be. And yet it was Jesus that was constantly challenging and questioning their positioning and their devotion to God. And then there was a rich young ruler who seemed to have everything together, who was obedient to the law, and yet Jesus said, you still lack something. And we spend our life trying to build a stronger container a stronger identity, who we are. And we try, as people who are following Jesus, to make this transition, moving from the focus of the proper container to the proper contents. 
What is it that will fill this container that we have invested so much time, energy, and effort in? And the truth is, I don't know if you actually move from phase one or task one of the proper container to the proper contents on your own. It's not just a matter of will and a decision that you make. That I think in many ways you fall into this position. You fall into the second half of life. You fall into this second task where you are focused more on the contents that this container was actually meant to hold. And I think a lot of the times it happens is the container that we have built begins to break down. The relationships that we've invested so much time and energy and effort in seem to fail us. Or we lose someone that we love. Or someone or something we thought was so important and so prominent in our life is now gone. You see, we spend so much time focused on the container that we build that at many times we forget that life is really ultimately about the contents of this container. Paul begins this letter laying out his theology and his understanding of what Christ has done and is doing in this world. And he ends with this analogy or this metaphor of spiritual warfare. And I think for us, this is such an incredibly clear picture of this battle that we face. Because so many times this warfare, this battle that he speaks of, is this tension within us to focus more on the container that will one day be gone rather than the contents that fill the container that we are building. And so he comes to this point in the letter where he says, finally, we're we're at the end of this journey. We're at the end of this journey where he spends the first three chapters laying out what it is that is happening. That this world was meant for man to be with God, and yet because of sin, that relationship was destroyed. It was destroyed between God and man. It was destroyed between one another. And what God is doing through Jesus' death on the cross is bringing everything back to unity in Christ under him. He he is restoring things to the way they were supposed to be from the very beginning. But because of sin, it was what was lost. And then he moves on in this progression in chapter 4, and he says, now based on all of this that we understand that Christ has done, you need to understand how all of this plays into your relationship with one another as a church, 
how it plays into your integrity and the way that you treat people, how it works itself into your marriage and your dating relationship, how it comes out as you parent your children and slaves and masters based on everything that we understand about what Christ has done and is doing in this world, here's what it means for your life. And then he comes to this end section right here where he says, finally. We've talked about the unity of believers and how Christ is bringing everything together. We've talked about the gifts that we share for the greater good of the kingdom. We've talked about the diversity within the body that yet even though we are diverse with our gifts, Christ has made us one. We've talked about all these things and how they play in and work themselves into our relationships. Now, finally, here's what you need to do. Now, a warning is we kind of move into this section because the tendency is when we come to the armor of God is to pull everything that we've been looking at in context out of its context. Because throughout this entire letter, we said the most important thing he says is that you are now in Christ. And the second most important thing he says is because you are in Christ, you are unified body. You are a unified body. You are one in him. And the the temptation is to pull out the armor of God out of its context and say, now here's what you need to do as an individual. Here's what it means for you as an individual. But I want to kind of look at a little different angle this morning in the context of what we've been talking about throughout this series. What does it look like for us as a church, as a community of believers, as people who are united and one in Christ? What does it look like for us collectively to put on the armor of God. And so he comes to this section, and he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So there's this battle that we're fighting. There's this battle that is going on. And this battle is so important for your life. It's what we're building But what we're building, the proper container, we are building in the midst of a battle. What we're trying to fill the contents of the container with, we're building in the midst of a battle. And he says, so your battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against flesh and blood. It's not against 
flesh and blood. It's not against the person who's sitting beside you. It's not against the person who's across the room from you. The battle is not against flesh and blood. But it's against the rulers, the authorities, and the powers, and the spiritual forces of this dark age. See, there's this battle that is going on that you could be completely unaware of. But my guess is even if you don't think of it just cognitively and think, well, I I know I'm in a battle. If you really think about your life, you understand that there is something that is happening in this world beyond simply what you see. Because my guess is you have had days where it is really difficult to have faith. You have had days where it's really hard to get out of bed. You have had days where you wonder if all of this is really worth it. You have had days where you're wondering, are the contents that I'm filling this container with really what matter? You have had seasons where it felt like you were in this dry and thirsty, parched land, and you were searching everywhere to be refreshed and renewed. You have had seasons where it was difficult just to come to church and simply put a smile on your face because you wanted more than anything else just to come in the doors weeping because you were hurting so badly. See, my my guess is that every single person here this morning have had days and moments and seasons of their life where it was so difficult to continue on that you weren't real sure how you were going to make it. And with this many people in this room, my guess is there are some of you who are in that place right now we spend so much of our life working on the container to build it stronger to build it better to build it more beautifully And when you invest so much of your life into what you're building, you will do whatever you can to protect what you've built. But the container was never meant to be an end in and of itself. The container was always meant for the contents you see because at some point in your journey the container will be gone and all that will be left 
is what you have chose to fill the container with. See, I think that's why we fall into the second task more than make a conscious decision. Because I think as we experience more heartache and more trouble and more trial and more difficulty and more loss, we start to realize more and more and more that what we are building will one day be gone. But this is the battle that you're engaged in. Because more than anything else, I think Satan wants to distract us and to focus all of our intention here and in some way help us to lose sight of what it is that will fill the container. And so he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. And then he comes to this end and he says, our struggle, the the battle that we are in is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. See, we could say it like this. If it has flesh and blood, it is not your enemy. But when we're so focused on the container that we are building, what becomes obvious is it looks like the person next to me is the one that has the ability to tear down what I have built. We do this in our life. We do this in our work. We do this in our churches. And see, there's one thing that we need to understand. If, if it has flesh and blood, it is not your enemy. But what you need to understand, because that has one enormous implication, that whether or not someone is a Christian, whether someone is a believer or not, they share the same battle that you and I do. They are involved in this fight with someone or something outside of themselves. And it is not the person next to them. It is not the person next to them. Because this is a spiritual battle. And what the battle, the the goal of the war, the goal of the battle is to help you move your focus from the contents to the container. And to focus on what we're building, to focus on what we have, to focus on protecting what it is that we've built. So your enemy is not flesh and blood. The struggle that we have is not 
flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, the powers, the authorities, and the spiritual forces in the heavenly realm. But what the enemy wants you to think is that your enemy is the person right next to you. And so the enemy will masquerade as people. The enemy will disguise itself in relationship. And it will do its best to create conflict between two. And so he says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I want you to notice that of the the weapons that it mentions, the majority of them are defensive weapons. Therefore, our protection. But I want you to notice, too, that what it is those weapons are defending is not the container. What they are supposed to protect, what they are supposed to defend is the contents that you're filling the container with. And so he says... Put on the belt of truth. See, the the basic claim of the Christian message is it's true. But not just simply knowing truth. It's just not this knowledge, but it's knowing someone. It's knowing who Jesus is. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus calls himself the truth. And he says the breastplate of righteousness. This understanding that protects your heart, that protects your vital organs, is that Christ, the risen Lord, is making things right. That his justice will reign. And the way things were meant to be in the beginning is the way things will be once again. And that through the cross, God vindicated Jesus. And through Jesus has vindicated you and I who believe in him. And then our feet would be fitted with these sandals, the gospel of peace. It is the message of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. That Christ is unifying, that Christ is creating oneness. He is creating a new humanity, one new humanity out of the two. And to do this, he's broken down the dividing wall of hostility, making the two one. But not only has he brought man together, he is also reconciled and redeeming God and man together. 
And then the shield of faith. Because the shield of faith is able to distinguish or extinguish the arrows that are coming at you. Arrows of doubt and despair. Arrows of hurt and loss. Arrows of adversity and difficult circumstances. These arrows keep coming, but it's faith that Christ is the risen Lord, He is the Messiah, and that He is making everything whole again. It's faith and understanding in that that helps us withstand those difficult times. Then he says, put on the helmet of salvation. That we know that we are in Christ and that Christ has conquered and Christ will reign and Christ is bringing everything together under him and that we are already a part of the family of the risen Messiah. That, That what Christ did on the cross was begin this new humanity this new creation that we are now a part of. And then finally, he comes to the sword of the Spirit. The one offensive weapon. But it's this weapon that we have that is the Word of God. It's God's Word that cleanses and that makes people whole again. And so this is where where it gets really difficult. Because at some point, every single metaphor we use breaks down. Because this is not a literal battle. This is a battle that's fought with grace, hope, and love. It's a battle that's fought with peace and truth. It's a battle that's fought with knowledge of who Christ is and what he has done. It's a battle that's fought every single day trying to divert our attention from the contents back to the container because the enemy knows if he can convince you to invest your life in this. This will one day be gone. See, here's the problem with climbing the ladder of success. One day, you realize after all the climbing and climbing and climbing that your ladder has been leaning against the wrong building. And what you have invested so much time and energy and effort in will one day be gone. But we live in a first half of life culture. Or maybe I should say it like this. We live in a first task of life culture. Everything is about what you are building. But as difficult times come, there's a couple of things that can happen. 
They can make us try even harder to secure what it is we're building. Or they can help us realize that what we have invested so much time in building will one day be gone. And the only thing that will be left is what we have chosen to fill that container with. So for you and I, today, what does this mean for our life? How, how do we become people who practice? See, understanding this transition that has to take place helps us as we do it. Because we simply understand and know and we see this in our life as it begins to creep in. And even as we begin to make that transition, there is something within us that wants to pull us back to a different focus. Where it's all about the proper container rather than the proper contents. So what do we do? First, I think, is re-engage. We re-engage in our church. See, here's the thing that I've seen in church life more than anything else, is when people go through difficult times, when they go through hardship, one of the things that they stop doing is showing up here. See, here's the honest truth. Some days, when my faith is struggling, I need you to have faith for me. See, this this is the reason we gather. So that we can share what God is doing. Because there will be times in your life you question and you wonder, is God really at work anywhere? What what is God doing in this world? And I need to hear stories about what God is doing in your life because I'm not real sure what he's doing in mine. And so we gather to encourage one another. We gather to lift one another up. So why does this matter? Because it means you matter. You matter. And when I see you show up, it gives me great hope. And I can promise you there are other people in this room when they see you and they see some of the things that you have gone through and some of the things that you have endured, they have hope too. There are some of you that I look at and I say, I am so glad that you are here because today I believe that God is at work more than ever because I saw you walk through the doors. See, there are days... When is my faith struggles, I need you to have faith for me. That's what the community of God does, is it shares our life together. The second thing we do is we rethink. We think, rethink how we see people. Because if we understand that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, if we understand that if it has flesh and blood, then it is not our enemy. If we understand that basic perception, then it changes the way that we see people. It changes the way that we interact with people. 
It changes who we call our enemy. And it helps us to understand that we are called to love our enemy who is flesh and blood because we understand behind that is work rulers and powers and authorities of this dark world. See, there's something going on behind the scenes. There's something happening in this world beyond simply what we see. And so we rethink how we see people. And then finally, we reimagine. We reimagine the world that God is creating. We, we reimagine this broken world as the world as it should be. Because it's that that gives us faith and hope and trust that Christ is still alive. And that's why I need to hear those stories. I need to hear those stories that God is still showing up in this world. I need to hear those stories that remind me that it's not just about the container, it's really about the contents. That, that what I'm filling my life with matters. And see, here's the good news. If you've caught this from the entire message of Ephesians, it's not that we have this container that we're building, but it's as we enter into life in Christ, we are a new container. And the old is gone, and the new has come. And this new container is filled with grace and hope and love and mercy. And it's bought and paid for by the blood of Christ. And it is pristine and perfect. And there is nothing you can do to build it any better. See, it allows you to reimagine the world where life is not about what you are building. And if your focus is not on what you're building, then you won't feel the need to protect it. So listen, church. What Jesus has done for you is far greater than anything you could possibly build. It is far greater than anything you could possibly invest your life in. And it's what he wants to fill you He wants to fill you and he wants to equip you and he wants to empower you not to protect the container. It's not the purpose of the weapons. It's not to protect the outside. The purpose of the weapons is to protect what is inside. And this battle is fought every day of 
your life. But this battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the rulers, the powers, the authorities, and the spiritual forces of evil in this dark world. want your attention to be entirely here. So as we talk about 2030, as we talk about the vision of Shiloh, understand when we talk about exalting Christ, we want people to see Jesus as he is and what he has done for us to make us new. We want to engage with one another, encouraging one another, with loving one another, with sharing with one another, with talking about what God is doing in our lives because there are some days that I need to hear what he's doing in your life. And we take that which Christ has built to go out with open hands to engage this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ because we believe it is the power of God for the salvation of the world. So today, as we end, just a simple question. Where is your focus? What task is your life consumed by? The task of the first half of life, the proper container, or the task of the second half of life, the contents. Father, today, we pray that you through your spirit would protect us not just simply the containers that we're building Father but what is meant to fill them the purpose, the reason that we're here and Father allow us to see ourselves as Christ's new and perfect creation the old gone the new has come and Christ's love reigns within us Father, for those who are struggling this morning, regardless of the difficulties, regardless of what is going on, Father, may they hear today stories of resurrection and hope and healing in Jesus' name. And Father, may it give them faith and courage to face another day. Father, help us as the community of believers, the body of Christ, to share one another, to share with one another, to fellowship with one another, to give hope and faith to one another, Father, to fight this battle together. Because, Father, so many times it seems the enemy is win winning, but, Father, together we have this faith, this profound hope that what Jesus has done and is doing in this world is far greater than anything we could ever imagine. And so, Father, let us see your world 
as it was meant to be as we become builders in your kingdom today. We pray this in the most powerful name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior. If you have never given your life to Christ and been made new, we offer you that this morning through baptism. We would love to see you enter into life in Him. But if we could simply just pray for you wherever you are, we're going to have shepherds, ministry staff around this auditorium that would love to just put a hand around you, to pray over you, to pray for you, whatever that need is. So while we stand, let's come.